What's up everyone? This is Sam Antini from The Puck Stops here. Welcome to the podcast. On today's episode, I'm going to be answering a question that I received on a recent video. If you guys have any questions you'd like me to answer, please write them on the actual comment section of the videos or send me a message on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. Just make sure to include the hashtag TPSHpodcast just in case it's something that you guys want me to answer on the podcast or if, for example, like this question, it would take me a little bit more um, than just writing a comment or responding to your question on the actual platform. So put hashtag TPSHpodcast beside your question and I know that it's something that you want me to answer on the podcast because here I can actually go a little bit deeper and I can explain a little bit in more detail um, what it is that I would recommend or how I would answer that question. So again, how do you keep your head in the game if you are losing and how do you keep a good mindset? So this has a lot to do with not even just hockey. This has a lot to do with your everyday and what like everything comes down to repetition and practicing that good mindset that you want to have so for example like there are many times where I may feel like frustrated or I may feel like a little more on edge than I normally do and this isn't because of anything specific like I literally just woke up and felt that way now that might have to do with maybe lack of sleep you know or something else while I was sleeping that I didn't even know happened Um, maybe I was cold or maybe I was too hot and I didn't get a proper sleep So then when I wake up, my body's kind of like not rested, so it's a little bit more on edge. So, but the one thing that I can recommend doing, especially if you're playing hockey and you're losing, is you gotta go into every game and everything, every roadblock that you're gonna face with the same mindset. And what I mean by that is, you have to already know the outcome before it happens. And again, I mean like, for example, If somebody's going to cut me off right now, there are two ways to react. There's aggressive and there's non-aggressive. I could be aggressive by honking my horn, flipping them off, yelling at them and swearing and all this stuff. Or, which is what I actually do, is realize that they maybe just made a mistake, maybe they didn't check their mirror, maybe they didn't check their blind spot. At the end of the day, as long as I'm okay, nobody got hurt, then it's okay. I don't need to get angry and make that fuss, like make me frustrated because of a mistake somebody else did. And it all comes down to asking yourself one question. Can you control it? I've said this before on other podcasts and I'll always say it again, is can you control it? If your answer is yes, well then don't worry because you can control it. You could change the situation, you can make it better. Now if you can't control it, well same thing. Well then don't worry because you can't control it. You know, like, I can't control if it's going to rain today. Why would I frustrate myself by thinking, oh, it's going to rain today, I'm going to be so upset, I don't want to get wet. Like, you know, I could easily get mad for something that I can't control that then ruins my entire day. Same thing with hockey. Yes, you can do your best to control the game and prevent pucks from going in, but you can't control whether or not your defense are back-checking, whether or not they're covering the guy wide open in front of the net, whether or not, you know, the forwards are actually getting off good chances and actually putting the puck on the net and scoring. Like, those are things you can't control. Now, if you're having a bad game, then that's okay too. Because what you can control in those bad games are how you react to how you're playing. If you understand, okay, I am having a bad game, you know, I just feel off, then you're already at the point where you can't really do anything to prevent getting to that point. But what you could do is be 
preventative for the rest of the game in the sense of just focus on the fundamentals. Just make sure you're square, you know, just make sure you're in the right position. And if you're just not having the reflexes or the, the speed that you normally have, then just do your best to be in the right position. And just also know at the end of the day, it's just a game. It's supposed to be fun. You're, you're probably not in the NHL if you're listening to my podcast. You know, and even if you were in the NHL, it's still just a game and you're meant to have fun. Um, yes, they're getting paid a lot of money to do what they do, but they're only doing it for the most part. I would hope to think that most players are doing it because they actually enjoy the game and they're having fun. And that's why I really love Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, it's unfortunate that his dad recently passed away and I couldn't imagine what he's going through. Um, but if anybody knows him and has watched him over the years, like he's always got a smile on his face, you know, for the most part, if, unless he let in a really bad goal or the player just deked him really well. But that's the competitive side of it. But for the most part, he's smiling, he's happy. You know, like you could tell he jo enjoys the game. And I like to model his like mindset when it comes to playing hockey. Yes, I could be frustrated with myself and if I let in a couple bad goals, but I always think like it only takes one big save to rejuvenate your team, you know, or to keep them in and then eventually hopefully they'll chip away at that at that lead and eventually they'll tie the game and hopefully win and you just got to keep doing your best to make sure that you're stopping those pucks for the team. So, basically to answer the question, there's no such thing as mindset for specific situations. Your mindset should always be the same regardless of the situation you're in. Regardless if you're on the ice, if you're in traffic, if it's your job, you know, that might be frustrating you, or whatever it might be, you have, you have a choice. You ask yourself the question, can I control it? If the answer is yes, then great, do something about it, change it. If you've been having a lot of bad games, change up your routine. Maybe go to the gym, maybe don't go to the gym, maybe eat something different, maybe eat something that you would normally not eat, you know? Or maybe try not eating before the game. There's all many, there's many things that you can control uh, when it comes to the physicality of basically your life and everything that's in it. Um, and if it's something you can't control again, then don't worry about it because you can't control it, but just prepare yourself mentally for how you wanna react to that situation. A lot of the times I will be, um, I'll look back at a situation and I'll be like, I was very calm. Why was I calm? And it's because deep down I know that I'm always thinking in a bad situation, if something were to happen, don't focus on the bad thing. That's what I tell myself. If there's any time that there's something wrong, I never focus on the bad thing. I only focus on the solution to solving that bad thing or to working around it. Here's a great example. So I was in Brazil filming um, with a gentleman that I work with, his name is Dan, and we were doing, back in the day, a couple of years ago, there was this thing called the mannequin challenge. Some of you may be aware of it, some of you may not be. And to basically summarize what it is, there was a specific song, I think it was called like Black Beetle or something like that. And in this song, there's this moment where it feels like everything like freezes. And so people would film a video where the person holding the camera um, like would walk and everybody would be frozen like man like a mannequin exactly and um, they'd be frozen and the camera would move around and then eventually they would get to a point in the song where everybody would become unfrozen so we were in Brazil filming an event and there was I think maybe three or four thousand people there maybe more maybe five thousand people it was this big stadium 
And so we had this idea when, because this was popular at the time to do the mannequin challenge, was to do that with the entire audience and the guy who's running it. So he was on stage, we got this whole audience having to stand still. And then it was elaborate because we didn't even do it just in the front of this like uh, theater type thing. We actually then continued it backstage went to the back dressing room and then we finally ended off with somebody in a hot tub because this was somewhere where a lot of like rock stars would actually go and perform so there's a hot tub in the um in the dressing room so we planned it out we thought about okay we're gonna walk in from here we're gonna go and go up on stage here go around there then go backstage and it's gonna be amazing so we go and we start it and it's going really well we're getting the crowd we're going up we're going down both like many aisles and then we get on the stage and then we go, like as we're going up to the stage, I knew that I couldn't be walking with Dan. He was the one holding the camera and I was kind of making sure he wasn't gonna run into anybody, but also pointing out people in the crowd if people were doing something cool, like reading a book or making a really cool like facial expression, you know, or doing like a high five or whatever it is. So once we got on the stage, I knew he was gonna be doing a 360 and he'd probably be okay on his own. So I'm like, I'm gonna go to the backstage to make sure everybody back there is ready to go. and. As he was coming backstage, unfortunately, I saw him pointing the camera towards me, but I didn't get into the backstage locker room, or change room, I should say, in time, and I couldn't move because then it would have been, like, you would have seen me on camera. So I was like, shoot, I have to now stay still, which sucks because the people in the change room now don't know that we're coming, and they probably aren't going to be standing still. So he ends up coming by me, and it's all working out okay, but then eventually we got to the back where the gentleman's supposed to be in the hot tub, and he wasn't ready, so he ended up missing the cue and was moving, and it just wasn't good. Um, so this is all supposed to be one take. So Dan afterwards was a little upset because he's like, we ruined it and we can't do it again. Um, which is understandably, because that literally took maybe seven to 10 minutes out of the actual event's time for us to go and do this. And they're obviously trusting us to do this because you only have one take at it. Um, and here we go, we were thinking that we ruined it, but immediately, Instead of me focusing on, oh wow, like we messed up, I should have ran quicker to the back room, I can't believe I didn't make it in time and blah, 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 and getting down on ourselves, the first thing I said was, wait a minute, Dan, let's watch back, let's go back, because right here, when it goes from the stage to the backstage, there's a really big black curtain. So if we're lucky, if you shot it and that black curtain completely covers the camera, like completely covers the lens, then we could just redo the backstage stuff and splice it together so it looks like one continuous shot and it, then we don't have to worry about redoing the whole thing. And so he was a little upset and he didn't see that being a possibility, but I believed, like I went back, looked at the shot, I'm like, look, the whole curtain covers the screen, let's just go and redo it from the backstage, I'll get everybody ready and let's do it. So we did it. And that was it, it all worked out perfectly. We stitched it together, nobody could tell the difference. They showed it at the end of that day of the event and everybody went nuts, they absolutely loved it. And the reason I'm telling that story again is because it's all about mindset. It's all about realizing that, hey, anything can happen to me at any time, how do I wanna to react to that? Can I A, control it, and if I can, what can I do to fix it? And if I can't control it, then maybe I'm just not gonna worry about it and learn from that lesson or mistake. And that's basically it guys. So when we're talking about being on net, you know, and you're gonna let in a couple goals, it's going to happen. You can't control everything on the ice. You really can't. Just focus on what you can control and do your best to adjust and to fix maybe some of the problems that you have. 
You know, if you feel that you're opening up too much, then try to keep your arms or legs a little tighter, you know? If you feel that you keep getting beat glove side, well, make a slight adjustment, you know? Like, I was struggling with that for the longest time, and I feel like I'm getting to the point now where now that I'm so conscious about trying to fix my glove, that now it's becoming second nature. It's becoming, like, an unconscious thought to, oh, this is where I gotta put my glove. And when the puck comes, instead of dropping my glove, I need to make sure I move it up or out to make sure I attack that puck versus what I was doing which was constantly dropping it. So if there's something that you want to work on, especially if it comes to mindset or anything in your game, you need to focus on it. You really need to think about it a lot and try to your best not to forget about it every time you step on the ice because that's the only way you're going to get better, especially if you don't have practices or like a goalie coach who's helping you out and especially if you're not actually filming your games. That's the biggest thing I would recommend is film your games if you can because that will help you get better and to see what you actually need to work on. But ultimately, mindset is a, a lot of people think it's hard to change their mindset, but to be honest, I think it's actually quite easy as long as you focus on exactly what you want to achieve and just to remind yourself of that all the time. Like all the time, even when I'm not on the ice, I remind myself, like when I'm editing my videos, I'll be like, oh yeah, hand up, hand up, hand up. And I'll actually do that. Like while I'm driving sometimes, I'll be like, oh yeah, hand up. Like I'll be thinking about the game and I'll be like, okay, hand up, hand up. And then also when I'm like in my warm up, instead of like just doing a random warm up, like in that warm up specifically, all I will do is focus on keeping that glove up. And after you do that for a couple weeks or a month or so, then you'll build that habit and then you can move on to the next thing. That's another thing I recommend is try not to focus on too many things all at once. I would recommend focus on like the one thing that you want to get better at and then improve it and then worry about the next thing. Because at the end of the day, guys, if you're like me and you're planning on playing until you're 50, 60, 70, 80, um, you got plenty of time to work on things so don't think you have to fix every element of your game all in one go. Do your best and start tackling the biggest issue uh, first. For example, it was my glove. I let in too many goals glove side. I needed to fix that. So anyways, guys, I hope that answers your question. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. And if you did, let me know. And if you have any questions, again, guys, just put them on YouTube, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, wherever, and make sure to put that hashtag TPSH podcast, and I will answer it on here. So thank you for the great question. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll talk to you guys later.